0: every week anyway well hey isn't that exciting Jamaica team man that's awesome isn't it thanks for praying and uh, just just supporting them this week in your thoughts and prayers and uh, you know what here's the deal our goal is to try to do this on a fairly frequent basis and so we're already looking at what we want to do maybe next February Marchish kind of time And uh, we realize there's a a limited space thing that happens, but be praying. Say, God, would you happen to go do something like that and be a part of something like that? I think he'd like all of us to go and do that. So anyway, well, I I have a ton that I want to cover today in part three of our series on sex, uh, sexual healing. How many of you have enjoyed so far, or at least been challenged so far, about what we've been talking about? Okay, yeah, appreciate all three of your hands. No, but uh, here, go, start off right where I start every week, it's PG-13, so if you have a little one in here, I'm looking around, this might be a little sensitive for uh, little ears, uh, I do think though that the topic of sex and sexual healing is becoming something that needs to be in a conversation with younger and younger lives every year, I mean it just seems like we need to be having a conversation when they're really small, at least beginning the conversation, so if you haven't done that with your kids think about when and how to do that. Um, the second thing is this. is uh, This this might be a really tough subject for you. And I, and I say this every week because I, I really, really believe that we're talking about something here today and through this series that affects so many of us. It, it's one of those things that kind of cuts the heart, so to speak, of who we are. And it's part of our culture. It's part of who we are as a people. And, And so you might be going through uh, uh, something really kind of difficult because we all come from different backgrounds. Uh, We've got different sexual histories, if you will, And, and we just have a lot of stuff. And some of us, we have baggage in this area. We have... We have junk in the trunk, so to speak. We got we got stuff that's kind of messed up. And so when you start talking about it, there's some pain spots. There's you start hitting that button and go, ooh, that kind of hurts. And and that's okay because here's the deal. I think some of the things that we're talking about here in this series need to be talked about because otherwise I just keep living life the same way. I'm still walking with the stained junk. And so so I just want to let you know it's this is this is gonna be maybe a little touchy you know, but it's good. I mean, let God let God do what he wants to do in your life. Um, so <clears throat> why talk about sex in church? I've been asking that question every week. Why talk about it? And I don't know if you noticed, but every week I give a little bit different answer um, on purpose. Why, why talk about sex in church? And the, the big reason is that sex is part of our culture everywhere. I mean, you you can't Every week I'm watching the news, whether it be local news, national news, you name it, it's everywhere. There's some kind of scandal, there's some kind of abuse. There's some, I mean, I, every time this last few weeks I go through the grocery store, I'm looking at all the magazines, and this last week, out of ten magazines, eight of them had something sexually on the front of it that they were talking about, point blank. And so it's everywhere. I mean, it's part of our culture, it's part of who we are. And so because of that... Not, not necessarily because, but connected to that, is that most of us have been affected by sex in a negative way. In other words, what's happened is we begin to believe the lies and we didn't even know we were believing the lies. We were part of something we didn't even know we were part of. We were part of something that's happening all around us and affecting who we are, and we didn't even know it was happening. And so we believe these lies, and, and what happens then when you believe lies is you don't have answers. You're just guessing you're just guessing your way through. You're just trying to guess your way through. And, and what's scary about it is we start trusting people like fifth grade experts, and I always talk about this because I think fifth graders think that they know everything about sex, right? They have no clue, right? Uh, or the other group that thinks they know everything about sex is Hollywood. They think they know everything about it. I mean, so we, we start listening or guessing or trying to figure it out. And so because of that, Man, this topic needs to be talked about here because this is by, remember, the second best place to talk about sex. The first, place, first best place to talk about sex is actually at home, but this is the second. And so that's, that's one of the reasons. And, and there's a scripture, and this is one I was drawn to this week. It says in Hosea 4, it says, My people, God talking to his people, you're his people, it says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge from a lack of knowledge. Now, obviously, in the, in the context that he's talking about it there, he's talking about obedience. He's talking about uh, understanding creative purpose and design, and which kind of fits into this whole idea of sex. And he's talking about, hey, my people, you, you, you're not getting what I'm saying. And because of that, you're messed up. And so this idea that my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, and really what God wants, here's what God wants. If you're wondering, well, what's God want? God wants us to be innocent Instead of ignorant, I mean that's what God wants. I mean every one of our lives, you're saying, "Well, man, th- th- that's my past. This is my history. This is what I'm dealing with. This is where I'm coming from." And it's everything but innocent. And God said, "No, but that's what I want. I want you to be innocent." And part of being innocent is not being ignorant, not being stupid, not being bought or bought, uh, you know captured by the lies, so to speak. And so all of that is, is part of it. So let me recap real quickly last, the first two weeks just in case you weren't here. First of all, week one we talked about how sex outside of God's design, a man and a woman for life, leaves us broken. It's that simple. When, whenever I'm part of a sexual experience, whether it be, in, and we'll talk about it in just a second, in, in different formats, in different ways, different situations, all that kind of stuff, it, it leaves me broken. If it's outside of God's design, I'm broken, and I need healing. And so we talked about the first week how there's brokenness in our boundaries. And and the brokenness in boundaries comes through things like sexual abuse. And and I've said this every week, and I want to say it again. I'm sorry if somebody has done that to you. That's not right. And because you're in that position that you have, and you're wrestling with some of the things that are in your heart today, I'm sorry, but God still has a plan for you. And so boundaries get broken by sexual abuse and then boundaries get broken by sexual activity without lifelong commitment. And and the statistics will blow your mind. 85 to 95% of people in America will be sexually active outside of marriage before the age of 40. That means, don't raise your hand, (laughs) a lot of us in this room fit in that category. That somehow that's who where we're at and so so we talked about that and then and then last week we talked about how there's this brokenness not only of boundaries but there's this brokenness of identity in other words God created us to have a certain image about us a certain identity and what happens in sexual sin or sexual brokenness of boundaries is I actually lose my identity and so I'm trying to find that identity all, all over again. And so I'm dealing with things like shame and guilt, and I'm, I'm trying all kinds of different approaches to make it happen, and it doesn't work out the way it's supposed to, and all these things are happening. And because of that, I need healing. So the first two weeks, we talked about the mess that we're in. And so today, I want to talk and switch gears a little bit and talk about being whole or being complete. In other words, what's healing? What's What's healthy? what's right what's wh- what's it supposed to look like i mean how do we do that you know, and, and so that's where we're going today so here here's god's idea about sex first of all god created it all right it, it wasn't something that we humans just say hey i got an idea let's do this i mean no god designed it we're not going to improve it we're not going to make it better it's not going to be something all of a sudden you're going to hey i got an idea no god's already got this thing figured out we just need to figure out what he wants me to do in relationship to that so God designed it, and that and, here, and this is huge for the message today. Sex is meant to be an expression of our wholeness in relationship to God. Of our completeness, it's it's it actually fulfills God's design for us. And, and here's the here's the point I think I want to try to make today is that God wants us to be innocent God wants us to be whole God wants us to be complete and when I'm complete and I step into a sexual relationship it's a good thing but when I'm not and I'm incomplete and I'm all messed up it's not healthy I'm, I'm ah it's ah it's, this isn't working and so God's got this design now here's the mistake that most people make is that they start looking at sexual activity as a means to completeness start looking at sexual activity as the means to wholeness if i have sex with this person or if i have that type of intimate relationship either on one of two sides either i need it or they need me which both those two things are alive and well in us if that's happening then i'm whole that's the lie and the and what god is saying hey i want you to understand that this completeness you, in relationship with God, once then you have that, you step into a sexual relationship, it's a good thing. And so, so that's kind of the whole thing. So let, let me jump through a few few thoughts here today. What's healthy? What's healthy? And what is healthy? And let's take a test together. all right? Let's, let's see how healthy we are. Uh, first one uh, question is, do I exhibit the ability? To express and accept real love. Do I have that? Do I? Because many times what is broken in our lives by sexual abuse and sexual activity without lifelong commitment is this readiness or this ability to actually give love away and receive love in a way that actually makes me feel more whole. I mean, in, in other words, if I've got this broken thing going on and I've got this backwards thing going on, that when I try to do that, I can't do it because the love thing isn't happening the way it should. And so my first question, do I exhibit the ability to express and accept real love? It's difficult to show real love. It's difficult to allow someone close enough for us to experience real love if we're not healthy. Now, here's the thing. I realize that some of my own struggles in life is because this right here. My, my health personally at times struggles because I can't seem to understand what it takes to be loved and give love. I can't understand why God would love me sometimes. But yet, man, I'm overwhelmed by it when I am. I mean, it's a good thing, you know, that kind of thing. But I struggle with that. And so I realize, man, this is me. And I think some of us would say, okay, yeah, I understand. I, I have a hard time exhibiting and accepting and giving away and receiving love. That's a health issue. And by the way, if you're looking for what does that mean or what's real love, 1 Corinthians 13. Just read through that apply it, all right? Next one is, am I living in constant emotional pain? Because if I am, there's, there's, if, if all the time, the only thing that rushes through my mind when it comes to relationships, who, sexually, intimately, is regrets, and I, man, I wish it was different, and, and I, man, I, I wish I was somewhere else, I mean, I mean, you got all these things going on, is if that's happening, then maybe there's a health issue going on. Maybe there's a health issue going on. Because if I'm living with constant pain, I'm not healthy. The third one there is, uh, am I functioning in a way that adds to the quality of my life? Am I functioning in a way that adds to the quality of my life? In other words, is what I'm doing destructive and deteriorating, or is it healthy and reproductive? That's a a huge question. Because when it comes to the area of health, the the biggest thing is, 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 am I getting better or am I getting worse? (laughs) Is, is, it, is it shaping up or is it breaking down? I mean, because when I start to ask that, I go, whoa, 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 maybe I've got some things here that I need to let God have in my life because really what's happening in my relationships, whether it be sexually, intimately, because they're all kind of connected to this idea of expression of wholeness, that I've got some things i got to wrestle with. I've got some things i got to wrestle with. So am I functioning in a way that adds quality of my life? Uh, quality of my life and the last one do i have a sense of lifelong fulfillment do i have a sense of that in other words it, it, as where i'm at in life right now i'm going you know what this feels good this is healthy my relationship with you it's healthy my, my sex life it's healthy you know, and you've you got that sense of lifelong familiarity. You know, right now, I'm, Jennifer and I, we're in a good place. She's not even here to hear this, so tell her later. Man, we're good, good friends. I love my wife. I, I can't honestly say that it's always been that way. And we've wrestled. We, we, I mean, you know, and no pun intended there. We, we've wrestled, too. Oh. Don't tell her that either. Gee whiz, I'm going to get in trouble here. Let me move on. But... I mean, we're we're really coming together as a couple and there's a sense, and this is probably for me the the healthiest part of it is that there's a sense of fulfillment in the relationship. There's that sense that man, this is healthy. This is what should be. I mean it doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't doesn't mean everything is going just exactly how it should go. I mean, there's things that I wish she would do with it, she just doesn't do when I tell her to do it, you know. I'm joking. Not really. You guys know me, <laughs> but I mean, there's there's that going on, and, and, and so there's a sense. So the question is, do I have a sense of lifelong fulfillment? And and really, the question kind of has this opposite side of it, or because really, it's is what I'm doing just for the moment. I have fulfillment for a day, or I have fulfillment for an evening, or if I have, you know, I mean, is that my fulfillment? Because maybe there's some health issues, or or is it just about pleasure. As long as I feel a moment of pleasure, I have fulfillment. But here's what I've learned in my own life. If it's not lifelong fulfillment, in other words, if it's not healthy and it's pleasurable, it's fleeting. It leaves me emptier than I started. It leaves me in a situation where I can't seem to figure out, well, what's the point of that? I mean, that's that's what, and so I need to ask these questions. So do I exhibit an ability to express an acceptable love Am I living in constant emotional pain? Am I functioning in a way that adds a quality to my life? And do I have a sense of lifelong fulfillment? See, that's, that, that starts focusing me in on health, about what God wants me to have. Now, here's, I, just, I feel like I need to talk about that. Here's a question based on what I just said. Is hooking up, then, healthy? Right now, the, the culture that we live in says, man, hook up. You know, go for it. Do whatever you want, however you want to do it. Just make it happen. So it's hooking up healthy? Because the world around us is saying as long as you're protected, it's healthy. I mean, is, is that, does that fit into that category? Because does it exhibit an ability to express and accept real love? Does it, does it leave you feeling fulfilled? Does it leave you in a sense of constant pain and regret? And, I, I'm, all, the, all the answers are opposite of health when you start start thinking about it because really it doesn't make me whole it just makes me sexually active and i confuse the two i think that those things are somehow you know going on It, it real quickly a word of warning for those that think hooking up is the way to go don't play with fire don't play with fire because exposing yourself (laughs) this <laughs> almost when I was writing this out I was thinking this should be like you know on the bottom of a cigarette package where it says warning surgeon general has found you know that kind of thing that's what it sounds like to me so exposing yourself to as much sexual freedom as possible is dangerous to your health affecting your ability to love and be loved is certain creating pain and regrets deteriorating your quality of life and leaving you empty without fulfillment so be careful <laughs> what you do I mean, consider. Don't play with that fire because it will have that power to burn you. So, I want to look at a scripture for just a few minutes here. Uh, Paul breaks down what's healthy in First Corinthians chapter seven, verses one through five. Actually, the whole chapter of chapter seven is worth reading through in, in regards to relationships. So, I just encourage you to do that. But for today, I want to look at a few verses, and it's and it's Paul's talking here. I mean, and it kind of starts out the first verse that says, "Now getting down to the questions." You asked in your letter to me. And really what was going on is they wrote him a letter say, hey, what about this, right? And one of those questions was, is it good to have sexual relations? I mean, mean, Paul's going, whoa, that's a zinger. But it wasn't because of where they were at in the culture of what they were living in. So here's some backgrounds. The, The Corinthians were struggling to find a balance between healthy sexuality and messed up sexuality. That's what they were doing. They were, they were trying to figure out, how, how do we deal with this? I mean, because it just doesn't feel right. I mean, as a matter of fact, as we're watching people, they're doing these different things. It just seems to create all kinds of headaches and messes. So what's right here? What's healthy? How do we deal with this? And see, there were two basic thoughts or two extremes that were going on. And listen to what the streams were there and think about where we're at today. Here's, here was the stream. First stream was anything goes. Just do whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. have sex on the corner doesn't matter just just do who don't worry about it when don't worry about it how you know what it doesn't matter i mean that was one extreme anything goes anyone anytime Just go for it you know that whole messed up world there and then the other side of it was is that no sex at all that's dirty that's 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 evil it's dark and so they had this idea that somehow the physical being or the expression of sexuality was this dark evil backwards ah that's nasty thing and so that was the context of what they were talking about you know that whole idea is sex is just for making babies you know and somebody might say well i don't even know if i really like babies so i mean what am i going to do then right? So, this whole thing. So then he goes on. So, that first part, what about this? You know, so is it okay to have sexual relations? And here's his answer. He says, certainly. In other words, yeah, it's okay. But only within a certain context. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of disorder the marriage bed must be a place of mutuality the husband seeking to satisfy his wife the wife seeking to satisfy her husband marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights marriage is a decision to serve the other whether in bed or out i love that little phrase abstaining from sex is permissible for a time period of time if you both agree to it and it's for the purposes of prayer and fasting but only for such times then come back together again satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it man there's a lot in there all right let me see if i can get through it in the next five minutes ten minutes here so what's healthy all right i mean that's what he's talking about so here's what healthy sex is all about all right and the first one is this boundaries are healthy. Boundaries are healthy. When it comes to sex, it's only within a certain context. And he said also in there is this marriage is strong enough to contain them. This idea that it, it belongs in a certain place. And so when I start thinking about sex and health and wholeness obviously I've got to be whole with God and then an expression of that is in a sexual relationship then I start to realize wow, well what's what's going on here and he said here's the boundaries of what's going on I I got a dog at home and by the way some of you knew our old dog she finally went on to doggy heaven there is no such thing but they went there all right Anyway, so I have this dog at home. One of the things that I trained him right away to do was to stay in our yard. I mean, I would go out and, and I, would, I would walk with him down the sidewalks. I, I, I mean, and he'd start to go to the street and I'd just go, nope. You know, and he'd come right back in. I mean, I'd do that for a while and I'd walk and I'd walk and I'd walk, you know, and I'd do that. And, and, and he'd stay in. Then I'd go and I'd stand on the front porch and as I'd let him go out and do his business. As soon as he, nope. Kind of do one of those, like, what are you doing, man? you stalking me? You know, that kind of thing. And so he kept going through this whole process. And finally, I could go inside, and actually, I could stand in our room, in, in our back room, and as he would start going towards the street, I would just tap on the glass. No. And he'd come back. Now, you're like, man, what do you do? Are you, doing? Are you like, a, like a control freak thing? You're trying to... No, it's because a couple of things. I don't want him going to the street because people come around the corner and down the street at my house pretty quick and a little tiny dog about that big would only last about three seconds. So the boundary that I set wasn't so that, man, I just, I, I, I want to control you, I want to control you. It was for his benefit that that was there. And so when, when we start talking about healthy sexuality, God is saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to control everything about who you are. I'm actually trying to put you to a place so you don't get hurt. Now, when we start to realize that, we're like, okay, boundaries are healthy. They're not bad. They're for my benefit. So the, the whole idea of this open range thing, it's, it's not freedom, it's chaos. It, it's, it's not, wow, I'm, I'm doing whatever I want to do. No, you, You're actually living without any boundaries, and you're living dangerously in there. So boundaries are healthy. See, within, boundaries, uh, within the boundaries of God's design, my wholeness is able to be maintained Listen to that. My wholeness is able to be maintained and even improved. I become even more and more and more what God created me to be because the boundaries are for my benefit. But a lot of times we don't see that. And so that's that's what's healthy. Second one is this is that marriage commitment is healthy. I heard this phrase, I love it. If you want to do it, put a ring on it. Good advice good advice. So, you know, Paul, you know, Paul, he's talking, he said it's good for a man to have a wife, a woman to have a husband. Marriage is a strong place. And so the whole point here is what's healthy. Marriage commitment is healthy. It's saying this, out of the six billion plus people in the world, I chose you to do the rest of my life with. I value you. I'm making a commitment to you. I, I'm stepping across the line. It's, 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 I'm all in. I'm going for it. It's not anybody else. It's just you. That's healthy. That's healthy. And it's fulfilling. And all the things that we just talked about a little bit ago, it doesn't leave with you a lot of pain and all that kind of junk. It's there. So also, here, here's the thing, and this is right from their text. Marriage is to be the antidote, antidote to sexual disorder. In other words, all the crazy, stupid stuff that tends to happen happens because marriage commitments weren't held strong. In other words, I I just started, I wanted to go for a a long walk in another relationship. All of a sudden, that got it all messed up. Marriage brings balance to a sexually shaky world. Next one. So boundaries are healthy. Marriage commitment is healthy. Mutual surrender is healthy. Or, or the word that most of us don't like to hear, submission, is healthy. Not slavery, yieldedness. See, that's healthy. I mean, in a relationship, when you get to the point where you're actually yielded in surrender to your spouse or to, to your husband or your wife, then it's a good, healthy thing. I mean, because Paul, he talked a lot about that in that text there, you know, don't stand up for your rights, this decision to serve one another, all these kind of things. Mutual surrender is healthy. Here's a couple things that sex and marriage is not. It's not optional. And all the guys go, woohoo, man, you're talking now, buddy. Come on, there's more to it here. Sex and marriage is not optional. Sex and marriage is not self-serving. Sex and marriage is not a negotiation. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll give you that if you give me this. I mean, that's nah, that's messed up. You know? It's not about a feeling or a mood, it's about a decision. What's the decision? I decide to not focus on me, but to focus on you. That's what he's talking about here. That's healthy. And see, so many times what happens is we get all this, this, you know, and I was reading one book and it's called pig-itis. We get this pig-itis thing. It's all about me. (laughs) Get whatever I want. And we lose sight of what it's really all about, the healthy part of it. And the healthy part of it is that sex is more than what I get. It's all about what I give. Like, whoa, 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 man, I want to feel fulfilled. No, the fulfillment is in the giving, not in the getting. Like, ah, I don't know if I buy into that. Well, maybe you haven't ever tried that. Maybe you haven't ever went down that path. Maybe you've always been under that lie that said if you just get it, you're going to feel more fulfilled. There's, there's a sense there that's kind of messed up. So it's focusing on how I can satisfy her needs and his needs. That's healthy. Now, here's the, here's the thing. And I, let me, I've got to wrap this up here. Here's the thing is that guys we we want how can i say this in nice we want sex okay that's what guys want you know what women want they want intimacy it's like phew, oh man these things are combative. we we just want come on let's go you know and ladies like uh, can we have a candlelight dinner you know and all these kind of things and we're we're having these conversations about how and where and and it tends to be this battle instead of this submission thing and so here's here's what needs to happen is both sides of a relationship in a marriage context need to say you know what i need to first and foremost realize that what you need and what your fulfillment satisfaction things are going on here i need to look to that first i need to do that so for me man it's it's very sexy in our house for me to do dishes Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just letting you know. It's very sexy for me to call my wife in the middle of the day and say, How are you doing, babe? How are you doing? Everything okay? She's going, You want something? No, I'm just checking to see how you doing. <laughs> 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 All right? I mean... Be, because I realize that if, if, and I'm not just doing it to get it, I'm doing it because I realize I've got to first and foremost go that direction to get to the healthy place that we're supposed to be. But see, so many times what happens is we have guys that are pounding on the table, hey, come on, I want that now. And like, Man, you haven't put anything into it to get anything out of it. But you want, you want it. In the same way, you know, with a woman, you know, I, I think, you know, and I'll just use my own experience is that most people, not most people, in our experience, that if I would do a few things that were affectionate, that were gentle, that were passionate, outside of the bed, remember what he said in the text, whether in bed or out? If I would do that, then all of a sudden something started happening in our relationship that was alive and healthy and passionate and it was all good. It's like, woo, man, okay, that's what he's talking about. Mutual surrender and submission in a relationship. So here's a, here's a question for you real quick and I'm gonna wrap this up for husbands and wives. Is this, what would happen if you quit focusing on your needs sexually and totally surrendered yourself to actually focusing on your spouse's needs. What happened? What would happen? I mean, all of a sudden you just say, you know what? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I'm going to see what happens. I'm, I'm just going to let that now. Now, say, man, my, I don't know if I want to go there. I mean, because you got to do it. you still got to be respectful. You can't, if you're going to demean people and, you know, all that kind of stuff, that's not right, right, okay? So there's some boundaries there. Remember, boundaries are good. You've got you to be respectful. But what if you would do that? What would happen? Last thing I'll do, the, the last thing on this point is this, is that there is a time when it's okay to say no in a marriage relationship. And that is is when it interferes with or it con- conflicts with my spiritual growth. That's what they're talking about. Hey, if you're praying, you're fasting, all those kind of things, and you, you decided together that you're going to do that, and really what he's talking about is if, you're, if your focus is to restore your wholeness before God for a time, then you need to go for that so that you can be more together as a whole, in wholeness as a couple. That's what he's talking about. Last one. Being alert is healthy. So boundaries are healthy. Marriage commitment is healthy. Mutual surrender is healthy. Being alert is healthy. It says Satan has an ingenious way. How does Satan do it? All right. How does he do that? He looks for two things. Weakness and windows. Weakness and windows. Weakness, if you're a guy and you grew up and 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 all the pictures are in your minds, it, it, is you, you've got to guard against that weakness. So it might be, you don't get in front of a computer. Next week we're going to talk about pornography and all that kind of stuff. But you understand weakness. The other thing is windows. You've got to start to watch yourself and say, whoa, 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 this relationship is a window of opportunity that I need to steer away from because this could be a trap. Weakness and windows. So keep your guard up. Knowing how the devil's going to tempt us is healthy. Don't put yourself in a position where there is nothing but failure on the horizon. Last thing, and this is just simply some advice to singles, is you might, you might and let me just read the text and I'll come back to the statement. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 through 9. It says, sometimes I wish everyone were single, like me. I simpler, a simpler life in many ways. In other words, it's not really, really complicated. I just got to watch out for myself, okay? And he goes on, but celibacy you know, not being married, is not for everyone anymore than marriage is. In other words, there's times where some, that's, that's right. God gives the gift of the single life to some and the gift of married life to others. And it, here's something. You, sometimes some of you that are single, you need to realize that God might actually be giving you a gift right now so you can become more whole. And you can be more effective and you can do the things that God created you to do in the first place. Okay? Instead of it looking at it as a curse, maybe it's a blessing. Then it goes on. Uh, It says, I do, though, tell the unmarried and widows that singleness might well be the best thing for them as it has been for me. But if they can't manage their desires and emotions, they should, by all means, go ahead and get married. Not just any guy walking down the street. I mean, again, boundaries are healthy. (laughs) But you realize, okay, hey, I'm probably a person that needs to be married because this is burning in me so badly I can't control it. It's And he goes on, the difficulties of marriage are preferable. (laughs) That's kind of a, I think that's kind of a joke actually in that text there. The difficulties of marriage are preferable by far to a sexually tortured life as a single. And here's the point. You might be where you are as a single person because God wants you to be there. Accept that. Not like, oh, I guess I'm single for the rest. No, just accept that God might be doing something in you and through you and wants to do something powerful in you. You might want to do that. Last thing is maybe, maybe you've blown it. You go back to the health list or the health test, and you're like, man, I failed that thing horribly. Maybe you're looking at the things that are healthy, the boundaries and the marriage commitments and mutual surrender and being alert, and you could probably just go through and say, man, I've blown it all the way down. I've blown it, you know? What's the point? I mean, you know, it's too late. And I think the point is it's not too late. It's not too late. And the idea of being whole and being complete is still available for you right now. It is. Whether you're 15, whether you're 30, 50, doesn't matter. Wherever you're at, it's still available for you today. See, here's the deal. Jesus is in the business of restoring innocence. See, that's what he does. I mean, Jesus comes to restore your innocence. Because remember what we said at the very beginning? God wants us to be innocent, not ignorant. This whole thing that we're talking about here today starts with the fact that I've allowed God to start something innocent in me. That I've allowed God, through what Jesus did on the cross, to actually bring me to a place of completeness as a person before Him so that I could somehow step into a relationship with those around me and find even greater expression of wholeness. That's what it's all about. So as the team comes to lead us in worship in response today, I want to pray. And there's a scripture that I think is good for us because starting over starts with Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 it says this, may you, may you, no matter what you answered or how you are or where you're at in the middle of all that we just talked about, may you experience the love of Christ. What's that mean? It means you finally realize that God values you so much that somebody was willing to die for you on a cross and catapult himself upon you and say, I love you. Would you experience that? Would you accept that? Though it is too great to fully understand. In other words, I could stand up here all day long, all week long, and try to explain to you how much God loves you. We can't get our hands around that. That somebody so messed up like me, so many, somebody so backward, somebody with such a history as I have, that somehow he would love me. And that's what he's saying. Then, Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. That's what God wants to give you. He wants to make you innocent again. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You and God right now in this moment. You say, you know what, Pastor? I realize in this series that I need god to make me innocent again i need god to do a work in my life that that i just start over i've blown it to this point even in my marriage even in my past sexual activity i've blown it and i need a start over and so right now i need to surrender and accept this love that jesus has given to make me whole to make me innocent again god to wash me clean that's what i need that's me if that's you. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Would you just wave your hand at me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, I pray today for those that are saying, God, make me innocent. God, may you apply the power of the cross of Jesus Christ to my broken heart. Have your way in me and through me. Lord, forgive me for everything that I've done, how I've blown it. Lord, help me in my marriage. Help me in my sexuality. Help me in just being whole before you. Lord, give me a brand new start right now. In Jesus' name, amen.